0: Greetings and welcome to the Continental Drift. I'm Andy Valver. Well, I just got back from a road trip to Spain and there is much to talk about. It is definitely summertime in Europe. The tourists are back, the freeways are crowded, but the biggest indicator that the pandemic has receded is that the Dutch pulling their ubiquitous trailers are back. For those of you who do not live in the EU, that will mean nothing But for those of us who do live here, we know that as sure as the swallows come back to Capistrano, when you see a car with Dutch plates pulling a trailer, you know it's vacation time in the EU. Ah, the Dutch. I love the Dutch. And if I couldn't live where I live, the one country in the EU that I would live in would be the Netherlands. The people are lovely, it's efficient, and everything works. It's like Germany with a sense of humor. The Dutch are known for their frugality. That's why when you see the Dutch on vacation pulling their trailers, not only do you know it is summer, but the local merchants where the Dutch visit know that they won't be selling much to the Dutch because they bring everything they need with them. Anyway, I took a small trip to northern Spain, the Costa Brava. It's about an hour north of Barcelona, and it is lovely. It was also hot because if you've been paying attention, Southern Europe is in the grips of a heat wave, or it was, it's eased a bit, but last week was brutal. It was all that hot air coming up from Africa. Nevertheless, I was on the road and pulling into freeway rest stops, it was plain to see that the parking lots were littered with cars with license plates from all over the EU, Germans, Italians, Dutch, French, Swiss, and everyone is in a good mood. People are friendly, smiling at each other. There's this feeling of relief, of, whew, we can finally go on vacation again. Because you see, here in the EU, vacations are important. That's because the EU understands that vacations are important psychologically for people. And here in the EU, people have paid vacations. Even me, when I was working as a freelancer for a German organization, I got five weeks a year of paid vacation. I know this is a concept that makes Americans' heads explode. But paid vacations are good not only for humans, but also for the economy. You see, when people have paid vacations, they use that money for train tickets, plane tickets, hotel rooms, gasoline, restaurants, and this is how money moves around. The sign of a healthy economy. Everyone gets to touch a few euros as they go by. And that sense of everyone getting to touch a few euros as they went by was evident in the Costa Brava. It was early June when I was there. But coastside Mediterranean resorts were gearing up for the crowds. New paint was evident. Furniture was being cleaned. Shops were stocked with flip-flops, beach towels, toys for kids to swim and play in the sand with. But most of all, there was this feeling. It's hard to describe. A vibe of well-being. A psychic sigh of relief. People are glad to be out of the house. They're glad to be busy with their businesses again. They're glad to welcome people to their area again. They're glad to have restaurants busy again. They're happy to be able to make a few euros again. Happiness is palpable. I wish I could say it was so across the entire continent. That's the weird part. Life seems so normal again, and yet we all know that for more than 35 million Ukrainians, it is anything but normal. I mean, as I sat in a restaurant trying to decide on a pasta, others... Trying to find shelter from an endless rain of Russian missiles. Surreal doesn't even begin to describe it. And I worry about Ukraine fatigue. The Estonian Prime Minister Gaja Gallas has spoken eloquently of Ukraine war fatigue and how the EU cannot succumb to it. While I was in Spain, I ran into an interesting example of the collateral damage of Russia's war against Ukraine. I played golf one afternoon with a young kid named Alexei. Nice guy. 16 years old he could hit the golf ball a mile he's really into competitive golf dreams of a career as a pro or at least taking a shot at being a pro before russia's attack on ukraine he was entering all kinds of tournaments all over europe in fact this summer he was looking forward to playing in the european young masters golf tournament in july in finland i saw him play And I think he could have easily competed. He was that good. Unfortunately, Alexei can't play because he has a Russian passport. All tournaments are off limits to him. It made me think. Not only has he lost a couple of years due to the pandemic, as have all young people, but now he's losing even more opportunity because of his nationality. Now, if you listen to this little blog here, you know that I am not a fan of the Russian government. As far as I'm concerned, they're the mob. But Alexei is not part of the mob. He's just a kid. He thinks the whole Ukraine thing is absolute bullshit. Now, he was living in a nice area of Spain, so his folks had money. Was his dad an oligarch? I don't know. And even if his dad was an oligarch... Is it fair to punish a 16-year-old for the actions of a government? Let's say his dad is an oligarch and is a confidant of Putin. If he loves his son, like all fathers do, then he's probably upset that his son can't follow his dream of playing golf. Is that enough to make Alexei's dad stand up to Putin? Is that the aim of sanctions? I don't know. Again, I think the Russian government is absolutely evil, but Alexei is just a kid, and he's not evil. He just wants to be a teenager and play golf. Is there a solution to this? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't punish kids for their parents' actions. Maybe have a cutoff age. Everyone under the age of 18 is not part of the sanctions. Like I said, I don't know. But it was interesting to run into the side effects of the Ukraine war in spain and finally one last item from upi the tiny spanish village of castrillo de murcia held one of its most unusual celebrations of the year el salto del colacho also known internationally as the baby jumping festival now in the celebration of el colacho a local mythical figure representing the devil involves men dressed in red and yellow colacho costumes running through the streets of the village causing mischief with whips and castanets and culminates with the baby-jumping event, el salto del colacho, or the flight of the colacho. See, what happens is residents of the village, as well as an ever-increasing number of visitors from elsewhere in Spain and around the world, place babies born during the past 12 months on a succession of mattresses set up on a village street. A group of black-clad, drum-beating, pious men known as Atabalero arrive on the scene to chase El Colacho, who flees by jumping over the mattress-bound babies. The babies are then sprinkled with rose petals and returned to their parents. You see, the act of jumping over the babies is set to cleanse them of original sin and offer protections against disease and other misfortunes. El Colacho also absorbs any evil spirits that were inhabiting the babies, and a parade directly following the baby jumping herds the Colacho performers to the local church so they and the spirits they absorb can be symbolically destroyed. The actors themselves are not harmed. The tradition started way back in 1620. You gotta love Spain. Paella, golf, and baby jumping. That's it for this week. Thanks for giving me some of your precious time. I'm Andy Valver, and this is The Continental.